Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by a relieved Mark Donaldson. Never mind that, ya dick. What was that all about last week when Mr Ewan Murray posts a wee picture on Twitter and I get... Honest, I woke up the next day and like, what the hell? Is it? Notifications galore, scarves around the funnel, the week of Hibs playing in the Scottish Cup final, and Donaldson's wearing green shorts. Please let me know <laughs> what you think of this in our next episode. I'll tell you exactly why I was wearing those Masters coloured shorts. It was because I knew that our guest today is used to that colour and it was paying homage to was Aaron e- McInef. Was it emerald green, was it? <clears throat> Whatever that... Aaron McInef wants it to be. Honestly, I never knew there was so many experts in sartorial elegance out there. Look at the shoes. Can you believe he looks like that? He's got a face for radio. I know that. I see it every bloody morning. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm some sort of god in the fashion or in the looks department, but Jesus Christ. Talk about pot and kettle. Wow. Uh, for anyone who, who doesn't have uh, Twitter or maybe just didn't spot it, Mark is having a rant because um, I use the Scarves Around the Funnel Twitter account to share a picture of, of him and Ewan Murray that, that Ewan had posted. And Mark was wearing some fetching green shorts. Um, it was roasting. Make of, I don't care about the shorts. It's the colour of them. Um, anyway... <sighs> Anyway, see people like you and, and Ian McLeod. I've got nay, I don't even have green grass. I'm going to dye my grass. I can't have anything green in my house. Come on, <laughs> all really? these unhealthy, all these unhealthy types who won't eat anything green. <laughs> yes, but you know what? I have to say, um, Saturday at the golf, going around hosting the feature hold coverage. Um, on ESPN and and walking around with Mickelson. Um, those were highlights two and three of the day. Highlight number one was walking into the media centre and the look on my face and Mr. Ewan Murray's face just after full time at Hamden was so pleasing. They've bottled it again. They did. They did indeed. Hibernian. Doing what they do best, thankfully. It was an enjoyable Saturday, but we won't talk about that because this is, of course, a Hearts podcast. And um, yeah, we've got a special guest this week, so we're going to speak to Hearts midfielder Aaron McAniff, who very kindly has agreed to join us. And I think that's all we need, really, isn't it? Yes. We are delighted to be joined this week on Scarves Around the Funnel by Hearts midfielder Aaron McAniff. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm all good, Laurie. Uh, thanks for having me on. And it's it's great that I can come on and have a chat with you guys. So I'm looking forward to it. No, it's it's an absolute pleasure. Um, we always like to to get some guests on, especially if they're um, currently at the club. We've had Craig Gordon on earlier um, in the season, or just before the season started, actually. Um, but good to get you on as well, someone who I suppose is new to, to Scottish football and new to Heart of Midlothian, right. and to get some get some thoughts on that. I guess before we get into to stuff like that, how are how are you at the moment? Then how are you coping with the the summer? I have, like to be honest, um, I took a week off um, when the season finished, and then uh, I've been 
I've been training three days a week. Um, still going into the training ground, doing gym sessions and uh, doing pitch sessions as well. So I haven't, I haven't really took mu- too much time off. You know, it's it's a bit more relaxed in terms of the type of training you're doing. But I just um, I like to keep myself ticking over. So that's that's what I've been up to, and also I've I've become a follower in the about two and a half weeks ago. Um, so. T- a lot of time's been taken up with the wee one. Um, it's probably, you know, the most special moment of my life, really, when she was born. So uh, I've I've been kept busy and um, I'm enjoying, you know, obviously the break from the games, but uh, there's a lot to look forward to in the future as well. Yeah, big congratulations to you for that. Um, that, that could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> none of this, none of this tiptoeing around it. Oh, it'll be interesting down the line. No, you're fucked. I know <laughs> the father of a three-year-old. She, honestly, she doesn't even need to ask the question to get the answer. Yes, no problem, darling. Anything you want. And then the wife's uh, like, "Come on, that's it, son. You're oh, you'll be delighted uh, to get to Tynecastle and everyone booing the team next season." <laughs> <laughs> I've had, I've had it already. As soon as um. As soon as she starts crying, I, I feel sorry and have to pick her up straight away. So I think she has me wrapped around her finger already from, what, she's two and a half weeks. So I think it'll stay that way. Born in Edinburgh? Born in Edinburgh, aye. So if, um, um, if she decides to follow in her father's footsteps and become a footballer, there could be some some tricky decisions if she makes it internationally. Don't say that. Come I'm, on. I'm, I'm fast forward no in quite way. a few years. We, we actually, the actual, the midwife actually came out of the house and she said, oh, so she could be considered Scottish. And I said, no chance. She's Irish. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thing because obviously if, if, if Aaron's daughter is, well, hopefully she will be very talented in whatever she chooses to do. But if it is football or, or any sport, I've got the kind of same issue. Depending on which sport it is, would you not weigh up, Aaron, what nation was best at the chosen sport before <laughs> making the decision here? Or is it a case of, well, you know what? She's, Scotland aren't as good, so she's got more chance of playing for them than no, she has no, of Ireland. Or the, or the, no? no. You, her, mo- you know her, mom and dad, her mom and dad are Irish, so she's Irish. And <laughs> that's the way I see it. <laughs> Come back to that one in maybe 18 or 19 years' time. <laughs> it would be interesting if it, if it actually was the case Let's talk yourself and um, and your career and we'll get into a bit of the heart stuff in, in some detail but we'll start back when you're a little bit younger you started out with Institute FC uh, based in Derry where you were born Aye. but you had um, a trial with Kilmarnock actually in 2012 this has been in the papers a, a few times since you were linked with Hearts and then joined Hearts. Uh, I guess it was Kenny Shields who was killing right. manager at the time. So how close was that to, to happening, to you joining the Rugby Park side? Um, well, I, I went over twice, I think it was, um, on two separate occasions and played like friendly games and trial games. And it was actually... Uh, I trained with the first team um, when I went there and Kenny was going to offer me a deal and you know I'd, I'd enjoyed it when I went over and, and stuff but um, then close to that sort of happening around that period um, Tottenham came in and asked me to come over for a trial and when like things sort of materialised and they showed interest and 
uh, I was always going to go to Tottenham over over Kilmarnock, to be honest. Why? Any particular reason? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure, to be honest. <laughs> what position so, were you back then, Aaron? Because uh, r- right now, what's your best position? And back then, what did you think your best position was? I, I thought my best position was um, just a, as a as a centre mid back then. Um, I pl- maybe played either in the deeper role or maybe in, in the attacking role. I, it was always kind of pigeonholed in between positions. So if you're playing centre mid today, right, you're holding in front of the back four or you're playing in behind the striker, you know. And as I grew older, uh, I just sort of wanted to be that I'm a fielder that could do about everything and um like and today I can I would class myself as more of a just a boxy box midfielder and likes to get involved in most of the, the action that's happening on the pitch. Tim Sherwood, you've probably seen this brought up a few times, said that he that, yeah. that you you reminded him not. of a, a young Roy Keane, which is a, yeah. an interesting comparison. I mean a very talented footballer of course but I <laughs> uh, no, it was uh that was I think after my second trial at um at Tottenham, uh he came out and said that. Um which was you know, it's a huge compliment, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh read into it too much. You know, Roy King's obviously one of my idols, um, growing up and stuff. But um at the time it was a nice compliment, but I- I'm not sure if my game totally um, compared to Roy Keane, he was uh, he was world class in so many ways. Well, you were compared to Roy Keane, but you played alongside Harry Kane, I believe, in the uh, uh, in the youth at Spurs. What was uh, that like? See, to be honest, it was uh, crazy. Like uh, at the time, you know, he was playing in games, uh, under twenty one games at the time, and he was just scoring so many goals. And even in in training, he would hit shots from all sorts of angles and they'd be going in and you're just thinking, Jesus, this boy's unbelievable. And he had, like, you know, he'd went away uh, after a season and came back and for the pre-season, like, honestly, like a different different player, like different build physically, just filled out so much, looked so much bigger, stronger, faster. And... I don't know what he did over the off season, but he came back like a machine, and you know that's when he he started to kick on, and he was constantly mm. up with the first team and around the first team, and as soon as he as soon as he got into that environment, nothing changed. Like he was still scoring goals, and then obviously look, the rest is history. He's um for me, I think he's one of the best strikers in the world. It's funny to think that in 2013, he was on the Leicester City bench, having gone on loan there with Jamie Vardy. Do you know which team Harry Kane made his Spurs debut against? Uh, It was Shamrock Rovers, wasn't it? No. No, was it Was it Hearts? And do you know what he did on his debut? Well, he missed a penalty. Oh, was it? Because I think... uh... Did he, I think he scored against Shamrock Rovers whenever um, they played, and that was maybe one of his first goals. But um, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure that his debut was against Hearts. It was that. Yeah, um, we'll not talk about the first leg when Gareth Bale took Hearts <laughs> players' collective um, shorts down and pants down and spanked their arses in a five-nil game at Tynecastle. But that was the return leg. 
And Hearts that season were the only team not to concede to Spurs at White Hart Lane. There you go. See, you thought you'd come on here, just talk shite for an hour, and well, we'll talk the shite, you talk the good stuff, but we're going to educate you as well. Oh, you learn something new every day, lads. <laughs> so, so you spent, um, you got a two-year scholarship um, at Spurs and you got a year uh, pro deal as well in 2014. You would leave after that, but in that time at a club like Tottenham Hotspur, what do you feel you learned? Were there, were there any kind of coaches or teammates or players in the first team that you that you felt you kind of you learned a lot from um i wouldn't i wouldn't say you know people like in particular like that like say a one person or one player you know i think the you learn from the overall experience um like at, at the time there there was a lot of well, always it's Spurs. there's world-class players um but you you'd be training with the likes of Ericsson, um, Harry Kane, uh, Sandro at the time, Brazilian international, Musa Dembele, Jan Vertonghen, like all these players are, you know, world class. And and like if you're if you're in around training, all, training with them, all you can you can do is learn from them. And I felt myself, you know, technically and tactically, I I learned a lot there. Um, you know, there was you know Kieran McKenna. He's the first team coach at Man United now. Okay. He was um, he was the one of the analysis for uh, us, like when we were under eighteen, and then he actually started taking the training sessions. So, him being Irish, um, I had a a good connection with him, and he would always take me in, watch clips of different players, um, watch clips of my own game and stuff, and and he he really helped me in terms of like a small details within the game. Um, and you could always you could always see with Kieran that he had that ability and hunger as a coach to, to go to the top and uh, he, he obviously has done. So I th- I wouldn't say, you know, people ma- overall massively like go like say it was a certain person or whatever. I would just say the, the overall experience I felt like I, I learned a lot from and you know you still think back to sometimes now and you remember uh, like what about this or what about that and you you, you can take a, a gauge maybe some sometimes off them them world class players when you're playing against them and stuff. Um but I, I enjoyed the experience. It was it was good for me and I definitely wouldn't um wouldn't regret, you know, going to Spurs, uh, even though it it didn't work out and I had to move home. Um but no it was a it was a good experience. It's a huge learning curve, isn't it, Aaron? Because that's, that's it, you sign a, a professional deal in the summer of 2014. You're thinking, okay, things are going all right. Then you get a knee injury and you're out for, what, three, four months? And look, who, who knows? If you hadn't got that injury, who knows what might have happened? But at the age of, what, you just turned 19 when that happens. I mean, it, you're at one of the biggest clubs in, in, in Britain. And you've got to cope with this, whether it's Kieran you ask for help with. It's it can be lonely at times, can't it? Very lonely, to be honest. Um, you know, at, you're you're bang on what you said about yeah, signing me pro deal. Gone back in the preseason, thought right, I'm going to have a good crack at this um, and get myself up training with the first team and stuff. And it was literally as as our season. Uh, with the under twenty ones, like the games were supposed to start 
the following week. Um, I got the knee, knee injury and it, it put me out until maybe around January time. Um, so that's from around August or September to January. Uh, and that was, it was a really lonely place because as a an Irish lad over there, you, you ain't going home to your family. Uh, you're going home to a host family, like Diggs, they called it. And uh, I had good Diggs people. The family I stayed with were, were brilliant. But um, all you do is go home and you go up to your room after training, chill out and watch TV or else stare at four walls, basically. And it, it's, it's a tough, tough enough um, life. And, and people people do think, you know, oh, you're playing for Tottenham. It's It's brilliant and stuff. But, you know, you're playing for... Tottenham's under 21s and you, you haven't got your your normal support network um, there with you and I, I did find it tough at times but you know that it holds you in uh, as you say it's a, it's a learning curve and um, it probably makes you stronger then in the in the future that kind of brings brings us on quite nicely to I guess the sort of next stage of your your career at that point so you you were released by Spurs you did have trials in England, I think with the likes of Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, but you decided to move back to, to Ireland and you joined your hometown club, Derry City. Um, yeah. Was was that a big conscious decision of yours when you know you're talking about it being difficult, maybe feeling isolated at times over there? You know, you're still quite a young guy. Was that a, a conscious decision to think I need to go back back over to to Derry? Um. To be honest, it wasn't the conscious decision on my behalf. You know, um, I went on trials to the clubs and my initial sort of thinking was that I wanted to stay in England or Scotland um, or possibly even go to America at the time. But uh, I'd been to a few different places and like sort of around the pre-season time, it's a tough period. Um they go to clubs on trial because teams are doing a lot of running and there's there's not much games and it's just it's hard for coaches and stuff to see uh you know what you're all about really at that mm-hmm. time and I went home for a week and it was supposed to be like a week in between trials if you if you would call it that and uh I ended up just going in the train with Derry City just to keep myself taking over and with no no intention of signing and um you know the the manager at the time peter hutton he just said to me after i think it was two or three days he said would you fancy it like and i spoke with my family and uh my agent at the time and they said they thought thought it was the best thing for me at that time and probably looking back on it um i was fed up bouncing from club to club and traveling and you know, not feeling wanted anywhere. Like, uh, whereas when I went in the Derry City, trained for them three days, and he told me, "Look, you come in here, um, you'll play games and you'll enjoy your football again." So, um, I just thought, right, let's go then. And to be honest, it's a, it was a huge honour as well because I supported Derry City growing up. So, um, I, 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 I signed there, and uh, it, it worked out really well for me, to be honest. Yeah, I've got a quote from you from um, The 42, an interview I read, and it says, I think moving back to the League of Ireland has helped me massively to develop as a player and just gain a bit of experience of playing 
real football. And this yeah. is a this is a debate that comes up quite often in Scotland as well between you know playing reserve football or being loaned out to teams in the third or fourth tier. So do you think that was a big part of your development, getting game time at senior level against you know experienced players, albeit you know it's a league of Ireland, it's not the English uh, Premier League, but you're obviously it's a different level, isn't it, in terms of who you're up against than playing under twenty one football. It's a huge thing for any young player, to be honest. And I, w- I would have a, sh- a strong opinion, really, on it, um, just based on my own experiences, because the, the 21s football at the time, and still even now, I, I would see a few games because my brother is is at Arsenal now, so I would still watch his games and stuff. Um, it's nearly it's nearly false at times. It's it's all about you have the ball, we'll have the ball. A lot of players are standoffish. Um, you know, you're not playing really for points. Um, there's not much team collective because all the lads just want to do well themselves. They sort of kick on and further their careers. Whereas you go into a first team environment and you've got lads around you that are playing for three points every week and, you know, playing for bonuses to help their families or, you know, and these are maybe cliches and a lot of people would, would say it, but um, there's a massive difference. And that, that for, a young, for a young player to go into that environment, you have to realise that the hunger and the drive that these senior players have, and you have to get to that level yourself. Whereas if you're in a change room all the time with academy boys, you know, you're, you're never going to learn them traits um, because... And and that that's nothing they do with you know the academy players around you or anything. It's just you know they they haven't got you you haven't got the experience and you need as a young player. I feel you need to learn off senior pros and I felt that straight away whenever I, I signed back for for Derry and um, I was playing with some senior players that played in the league for for a few years and then you know it it helped me develop massively and. I, I, I would advise any young boy who's maybe thinking of staying in around a, a, a nice academy where the training ground's brilliant or, you know, the, the physio room's brilliant, the gym's brilliant. Get yourself out and play senior football as quick as you can because um, that's where you're going to be really judged and that's, for me, where you're really going to progress. Chips over the top looking for Nong to be a good ball. Finish. It's McInef who gets in the end, who does well to control it. McInef still has it. Low shot into the bottom left. And Aaron McInef opens his account for Hearts with a fine low finish. I thought the ball through was going to make it to Armong Nongdwie, but McInef got there first. And the Irishman showed lovely ball control to get it, get it down, get out of his feet and drill it low through a couple of bodies past the helpless Neil Parry. Heart to Midlothian, five. Allo Athletic nil and a first in Maroon for Aaron McInniff. Aaron, I'll follow up the Harry Kane nugget with a question. What does Riyad Mahrez have in common with Aaron McInniff? <laughs> I think uh, I think Paisley got the better of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Riyad Mahrez nicked a bike and feigned injury so he could get the hell out of there as a 17-year-old. What was your excuse? Um, we, to be honest, uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I'd been bouncing about club to club and, um, we played a, 
I think we played a game against Inverness um, away, and it was a pre-season game, and so we'd done the the trek up the Inverness and then came back down. And after it, I just rang my agent and said, "I've had enough of this. Just get me home." Like, <laughs> 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 so I was uh, I was on the next flight straight back to back to Belfast and then down to Derry. Um, I just uh, I didn't really enjoy it when. No, it was it was all right, but as I say, it was in pre-season as well. So I was um, doing a lot of long-distance runs, and it's funny because the the manager that's there now, Jim Goodwin, um, he was obviously playing at the time, and uh, me and him, we we were like the head of the 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 runs what we were doing in, in pre-season, and he was one of the oldest players, but he was so fit. That, Mm. Um, so it's it's just interesting that he obviously got gotten on to to be the manager and he signed a lot of Irish players there now. Um, but no, it was it wasn't for me at the time. So that was me and Riyad Mahrez where we put that in common. <laughs> you're you're 25 years old and and the way that you speak and the way that you act, you 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 sound like you have an old head on young shoulders. And I think part of that as, as someone who's over here now, I think part of that is traveling when you get the chance and seeing a, a, a bit of the world living in, in different places. Um, mm. But as you were saying, it's, it's not always, I mean, there's been a lot of bumps along the road and I want to take you to and take our listeners to an interview you gave to the, the off the ball um, sports podcast in, in 2019 um, people were calling me fat. Aaron yeah. McInef opens up about being bullied as a child. You've not had it easy in your life so far. Does that make you appreciate more what you have now? Um, I, it definitely does make you um, make you appreciate it, and you know it makes you grow a, a thick skin as well. And I think in the in the football industry, you have to have a thick skin. I maybe didn't have that as much when I was when I was younger and. When I was growing up, probably looking back, didn't have the thick skin I needed when I was in England. But then, as as the years went on, I've I've grown. They sort of, you know, just blank out things that don't really matter in your life, and and focus on on things that do do matter. And uh, as you say, it, it hasn't been. It's not. It's not been uh, plain sailing. But you know, most footballers, their their stories aren't ever plain sailing. And it's it's always interesting. They they speak to lads about about their careers, their you know their different experiences. But I I, I wouldn't say mine has been plain sailing at all. I've had the I've had the graft for where I've got the. So you had over three years at Derry City, 125 appearances, 32 goals, played in the Europa League. Um, you won the League of Ireland Cup in 2018. It was after that season that you would move to Shamrock Rovers. So from from a perspective of us being in Scotland, and I can't pretend I know much about the League of Ireland. I do know the names of the teams, but what was was that just a step up to go to Shamrock? Was that purely what that move was was motivated as? You know, I think as a as a footballer, um, you have to obviously set yourself goals, and um, you have to find ways to be able to reach your goals and. You know, I, I enjoyed my time at Derry, won a trophy with my hometown club. But at that time, uh, my goal was to go and win the League of Ireland and win the FAA Cup. And uh, my overall goal was always to, you know, get a move, whether it be to Scotland or England. 
And the only way I was going to achieve that goal is if I was involved in in the big matches every season. And I just felt at that time, uh, Shamrock Rovers, they'd been building a squad uh, that was going to compete at the top. And I wanted to be a big part of it. And, and, you know, it worked out quite well. That's obviously everything that I'd sort of set out to do, I, I, I did. And it was at that time, it was a, a real progression in my career. And uh, just like the same when I left Shamrock Rovers to here, I just feel it's it's a pro- progression. And as a, as a player, that you, you know, you want that uh, that progression to, to happen, whether it's, you know, for some players, it might be after a year or two years, you know, everyone's different. But um, you always have to be setting yourself goals and, and wanting to further your, your career. Well, it certainly worked out. You you got a second place finish and you won the cup in that first season. You you scored yeah. in the cup final actually from the spot, uh, and then the next season you you won the league. Is this where you you feel you really kicked on again as a player, like you mentioned, because you got a one in three goal ratio? And from from some of the reports and interviews I've read, this is where your kind of position maybe really did turn into more of a an advanced player. Is that? Fair to say, you were you were always a little bit deeper, and it was at Shamrock that you became more of an attacking midfielder. Ah, uh, well, like it was, I wouldn't quite say an an attacking midfielder. I would probably say a more all rounded midfielder, um, because the manager and the coaches at Shamrock Rovers put huge demands on me to um, use my legs and and fitness and ability to get get about the pitch from the day I went in there. Uh, the the standards had sort of, you know, I could see that, uh, you know, that they they put they wanted they put these demands on me, and I, I wanted that myself. I I always want to get better, and I uh, they 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 did give me the the freedom to to go and get forward and express myself, but also um they they let me know when I didn't track a runner or I wasn't doing the dirty work because as a as a centre mid, you know, you have to do both. But I, I would always play with a, a more holding midfielder alongside me and then it gave me the freedom to go and break forward and, and go and score goals. So uh, I really enjoyed my time there and the system we played, it, uh, it really suited me, to be honest. February 2019, you're 1-0 up over your former club, Derry City. You're playing for Shamrock Rovers and you decide to take a Panenka penalty um, to, to score, which is cheeky. I watched it, and it's really well executed. The, the question I've got, if you'd signed for Hearts last summer instead of in the January-February transfer window, yeah. and you had a penalty to win the Scottish Cup against Celtic, do you do a Panenka? Um, probably not, to be honest. But uh, I, I think... I think Panenka penalties are a lot more safe than what people actually think, because you you very rarely see a keeper just standing on his just standing straight down the middle, and I, 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 that one that I did um, against Derry City, I knew that behind me a lot of the the lads would have been pointing the aside, and the keeper was always going to dive so. I thought the safest thing for me to do was, you know, either just pass it down the middle, but then that that doesn't look as good. <laughs> and if you if you chip it down the middle, it looks unbelievable. Um, but I, if it, if he stands there and uh, 
just catches it, you look like an Egypt. But um, I, I do, I do think that they're they're a lot safer, and it would be that would be a dream moment. By the way, if you if you won the Scottish Cup with a Panenka penalty. <laughs> Well, I mean, Jason Cummings fucked up big style trying one. Jim McIntyre <laughs> did it for Dunfermline, I think. I mean, you've got to have, you've got to have rather uh, grandi cojones. Uh, you need some, a massive set of balls. They said they do it like, um, and to be honest, when I did it that time, the manager, <laughs> the manager said to me, "If the keeper had a student caught that, you were getting straight on that bus with the dairy team and going back to dairy." <laughs> <laughs> Kniff. Oh, that's cheeky. Well, that's a way to score against your former side. And 11 minutes to go. That should wrap up the points for Shamrock Rovers and make it 2-2. Two and two. What about this for a cheeky penalty? Peter Cherry, no chance. And Aaron McIniff makes it 2-0. So you've played with Shamrock up until the end of last season uh, although you of course appeared for them in the Europa League this season just with the way the Irish season works um, comparing to, to the UK season deadline day February 2021 you joined Hearts yep. signing a two and a half year deal so uh, before we get into your time with Hearts so far so how did how did this move come about was it something that was um, was it a slow burner or did it come about quite quickly uh, was this largely some, something to do with Joe Savage who has you know we've heard a few times before was someone who was an admirer yeah. of you for quite a while um, to be honest it, it happened uh, happened quite quickly well I'd heard about it possibly the, the week before deadline day but I, I didn't quite know how serious it actually was and I knew that Joe had moved from Preston and I always knew that, you know, Preston had sort of been interested in me um, while he was at Preston. But then I think it was around the Friday, my agent texted me and he said, look, um, you know, it, it could happen uh, this weekend. So I was just kind of, uh, I wanted it to happen, but I, I, I didn't know if it was going to. And um, I was just sitting around and then it was, I think it was Saturday, Saturday evening, got the text saying, you know, it's on if if you want it if you wanted to be, to be on and uh, I was absolutely buzzing. I, I wanted the um I wanted to get it done and it it was done. Obviously, I flew over Monday morning. Then I was absolutely delighted to be honest. Uh, when I actually got the the first text, they say that there there was an interest from Hearts. I was um buzzing because you know Hearts is a a massive club and my initial reaction was I want to go and be a part of that club. Did you did you seek any advice from anyone who you maybe or you know find out from anyone who who knew the club or had played for teams who've played Hearts or played for Hearts possibly was was there anyone you spoke to 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 get a, a bit of advice or was it just you knew about the club already and you were very you were very sure that it was a move that you were keen to keen to put through? No, I, I didn't speak to anyone to be honest. Um, it was uh, it's one of them ones where. You know, hearts are interested, and straight away you go, oh, "Huge club, like uh, one of the biggest in Scottish football." Um, all I did was check the table. Uh, you know, the lads have been doing well, and it it looked like 
you know, promotion was, was going to happen to the top flight again. And uh, I just thought, what you know, it's a great opportunity for me, um, a great platform to go and, and play football. And uh, Tynecastle is a, a brilliant stadium, brilliant surface. So it was a, it was a no-brainer, really, to be honest. And uh, for me, I didn't, I didn't have to, you know, speak to anyone or see what they thought. Um, it's funny, actually, because my... Fiance, her sister, her sister fiance used to play at Hearts. Okay. Um, he was in the the academy uh, when he was younger, so he he told me a bit about you know his time there and stuff. But who was that? Uh, Ross Hamilton's his name. Uh, he was in he was in the academy when he was younger. I think he stayed until he was like twenty, maybe nineteen or twenty. Okay. But um, I know like I sp- I spoke briefly to him about it, but um. It was it was all my decision, and uh, it was an easy enough decision to make. Then, you know, it was hard hard decision in terms of leaving Shamrock Rovers because I have so many good memories and you know brilliant connections with the people there. But in terms of for me progressing my career, it was uh, it was a no brainer. So you may have, I mean, this is the first time we've we've ever spoken. It's it's great to have you on. You may know that I kind of offer something a little bit wacky. Um, to, yeah. to Laurie's kind of straight back. So I've got a story about <laughs> Ross Hamilton. You ready for this? Go ahead. So Ross Hamilton only played once for Hearts. I know this. <laughs> but the manager never saw him play. Did you know that? Really? So we've told this story so many times, and I, I, I always want to put a twist on it, but I'm never able to do so. So I'm commentating on Berwick Rangers against Hearts. It's a Sunday. It's the final round of the Open at St. Andrews in 2005. George Burley's bored out of his tits, and there's a bar (laughs) inside. And George decided the golf is on, the bar is open. So I have no idea who made the substitution that Ross Hamilton came on after 68 minutes for Solius (laughs) Michaelunas, but I can pretty much guarantee you that George Burley never saw Ross Hamilton play for Hearts, even although Ross Hamilton played 22 minutes for Hearts, and you can have that one for free. Uh, yeah. I think there was a... He said to me um, there was a game as well. I think he, he missed a penalty or something. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure what game it was, but uh, he, he told me that he missed a penalty in a first-team game. It might have been a preseason friendly or something. Um, that was that, the only, a, yeah. That was the only time he played for for the the recognised um, first team. And um, you know what? I wish I was with George at the bar watching the golf because that game was utter shite. Uh, it was a nil nil on the, on a Sunday. Um, anyway, I just I just thought I'd drop that because we've got this website which is brilliant called London Hearts, and it's got all the statistics and anything you want to know. So that's um, class. I'm actually gonna um, I'm gonna tell him that you you were saying that and uh, and see what he says. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I, I, I'm sure I, you'll have a funny story about it about it. Well, Laurie Laurie had a story a few weeks ago um, about a player Laurie that came on. Um, and you've you had no idea because it was it was harder to do research, and you had no idea anything about this. I think it was the young lad that made his day. Was it not Finley that, that uh, fin- came on? Aye, when Finley Pollock came on, because yeah, yeah. Was... So you you were like, shit, who's this? I mean, <laughs> you can do as much as a commentator that we are. You can do as much prep as you want, but you have to know the squad and like we'd played on the Saturday, we'd played at East Fife as well. So I probably didn't have notes on 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 Ross. 
Um, and and he came on a forward, dark hair. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't remember if it was that game that he missed a penalty. You're, you're just looking at his picture that's on the London Hearts page right now. Yeah, of course. I don't know. If he walked by me in the street and slapped me, I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> 10th of January, 1989. That's when he was ah, exactly. <laughs> There's a Wikipedia commentary. I'd never seen the boy before, but he, he came on as a sub. And in, in that game, it was a roasting hot day, nil-nil at Berwick. And uh, but you've, got, you've got to prep for all of these things. Anyway, just wanted to throw that one in. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you can mention God. that to yeah, we'll get Ross on while we with you. The pair of you can come <laughs> on together and you can talk about uh, what did George make of your performance? I don't know, I never saw it. <laughs> um, Tyne Castle, you spoke about Tyne Castle being uh, a great stadium to play. You've not played in front of fans yet. Tyne Castle no. can be the best stadium to play at, but Tyne Castle at times can be the worst stadium to play at if things aren't going wrong. So you need bravery are you a brave player when things and missiles are being teaming down from row 30 in the wheat field uh, pies and grease and everything like that can you uh, are you prepared to given what you've already been through you sound like you're the guy that's that's kind of prepared to say give me the ball i want it because i have to admit aaron that is something i noticed from you since you signed you never once hid in any of those games between when you signed and and the end of the season no, like um, that's that's my game. I'm happy to take the ball, um, and you know, I might not always do something great with it, but uh, I'll try. I'll try my best to do something positive for the team with it, and um, I, I can't. I can't wait for the fans to get back in the stadium. To be honest, uh, football is definitely not the same. Um, you don't get the the same feeling on a match day, and I haven't spoke to the lads and. You know about the the atmosphere at Tynecastle. Every one of them said, you know, it's it's unbelievable, and I I really can't wait for it. Um, and <laughs> as you say, it's uh it can be a great place if you're if you're winning, and a bad place if you're you're losing. But you know that's the the pressures that I think you you need as a player. Um, you need to have them them pressures of fans, and they they come with being in a big club and. Uh, if you if you haven't got the the drive and hunger, you know they 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 deal with them pressures, then I think you you may forget about it really. What was it like joining a, a new team coming to? I suppose it doesn't really matter that it was Hearts necessarily, but making a tran- making a transfer to a new team in a new country during a pandemic was that quite difficult? Because we had Robbie Nielsen on a couple of weeks ago, and he said a lot of people maybe didn't appreciate how difficult it is when it, when it's a team game like football to have new players coming in and not be able to do the usual kind of things be that tra- be that training or social aspect was that quite challenging uh, for you to be honest i you know i actually did find it a lot more difficult than what i i thought it was going to be um you know right from the very off i traveled to dublin airport and uh, there was one of the a guard car uh, stopped me and said, "What's your purpose of travel?" So he knew that I I was signing for Hearts before anyone else did. <laughs> um, and you know straight away that's that's something that's a bit unusual. Then you come over straight in to get a a COVID test done, then got all the paperwork done. And I would, obviously when I got into training, it's the way it's been worked is you're you know, you're not coming in the mornings having breakfast with the lads or anything. So you're just in the training, finished training, 
out the door, uh, see you the next day. And I was staying in a hotel, a hotel room for, for the first three weeks. That was tough. And simple things like, you know, when you go, you, you go on the new squad, uh, going for a coffee with a few of the lads after training, uh, you know, it makes you get to know the, the, the players a, a lot easier. Um, just simple things like, uh, you know, social aspects of knowing players outside of, of football and stuff. And all these things then help when you're actually in the football environment. But I, I did find it difficult. And since things are obviously starting to open up now, um, I think it'll be it'll be different, you know, from pre-season this year on, onwards. And uh, I'm actually glad that, and this was a, one thing I spoke with uh, Robbie about, um, the gaffer. He said to me when I was on the on the phone to him, you know, if I if I came in in January, uh, I would be able to get settled in them few months um, when this, the season was sort of coming to an end and get myself settled over here. Uh, and then I don't have to focus on all the, the moving stuff and the, you know, that that side of it when it, when it comes to preseason this year and that has been the case so it was a it was a good time for me to move in that sense but um very challenging in terms of you know the the covid and stuff but there's a a lot more people facing bigger challenges than me uh mm. that's just that, that's just from a, a football perspective when the fixtures come out aaron which one fixture are you looking for first for hearts um that's a good question you know you, you've obviously you've got the the old firm games uh which are massive um so you know what me as a player i i want to uh i want to go and play against the old firm play against the best players and and test myself and um i would probably say one of them too um but you know to be honest, first game of the season, uh, as a as a player, you you don't really care who mm. who you've got as as long as you go and and win the game because it's it's really important to to try and get off to a good start. I can't speak for other Hearts fans. I always look for the Hibs games. That's the ones that I want to know where they are. Are we home first or are we away first? Who's told you what about games against Hibernian since you've been at Hearts? Ah well, the the only reason I um I didn't say Hibs there because I watched them the other day and surely absolutely bottled that final. <laughs> 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 um, nah, I'm joking. But uh, well, they did. I have. I've, I well, they have. But like you know, um, I've I've spoke to the lads about the the Hearts Hibs the Edinburgh Derby, and they said you know it's it's huge. The build up and stuff's brilliant and. Even, you know, speaking to a few people, you know, on the streets, uh, that's always the first thing that they, they say to me is, um, oh, wait, do you experience the Edinburgh Derby? It's something else and stuff. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And hopefully that I can experience it in a, you know, a packed out time castle um, instead of experiencing it maybe for the first time with... Uh, no fans or a limited amount of fans in the stadium. Hopefully the, the stadium's able to be packed and I can experience it to the, the fullest. You mentioned speaking to 
to Robbie Nielsen. Obviously, when you made the transfer over, he's been on a couple of weeks ago speaking to us about his aims and targets for the team and for the new season. What's he like as a, a manager? You've worked under a, a few different bosses now. What's what's Robbie like? He's um he's been really good. He's uh you know between the gaffer and uh Gordy and Jig, two coaches. You know, there's a a really good positive environment um at Orium. Uh, it's a great place to to come in and train. Um, is you know the training sessions that he sets out and. You know the coaches deliver uh, have been really good, and even at times where there was challenging times where we picked up uh, bad results or whatever, and uh, he, he always comes in and he, he seemed to be able to lift the lift the group and and get the group going again, and um, that's that's a really good thing to have, uh, you know, as a as a player when you've got a manager like that, and he's obviously got the club back to where they belong and he's he's been he's been good to me since since I've come in and um you know is you you, you kind of get the feeling that his his doors always open and you can you can go and chat to him about anything really what are your aims as a as a player for the coming season both for you individually and what you hope to achieve with hearts um you know as as a as a team we have to like our, our our aim as a, a team and, a, and as a club has to be to, to go and you know try and try and get into the, the top half of, of the table in the top flight that I think you know there's times when uh, teams get promoted um, from leagues and you know the next year their goal is to stay in that league I don't think that can be our goal at all um, when you're at a club like Hearts you know you have to be competing at, at the the top end and uh, I think you know top six definitely, and if we can go on and push and, and try and get a European spot, um, then that that has to be the, the kind of goal for where we want to go as a team. And for me as a player, uh, personally, you know I, I want to go and cement myself uh, in in the starting eleven and go and show people what I, I can really do. And uh, I'm sure I will next year because, as I say, you know. I'm I'm fully settled here now, and uh, all the the stuff that had to be done in in the moving process, they're they're all done now. So uh, I'll go and uh, show show people what I can do, and I would like to chip in with a good few goals next season. Seamlessly takes us on to a two part question that I've got. Part one of the question right now, I'm going to offer you. 10 league goals from midfield. You can either take that and run or let it run out and try and get more than 10. What are you doing? Um, right now, I'd probably, I'll probably let that one run out. I love that answer. I uh, absolutely love that answer. Because 10 would be great. Don't get me wrong. No, I, mean, I know. I've, I've got, but like in previous seasons, you know, at Derry City, I scored 15 goals from midfield. Mm-hmm. At Chamber Grovers, I've got 12 or 13. And then in a shortened season in Ireland, I think I got seven or eight. Yep. So, I mean, I, I back myself to, to score goals from midfield. And that's that's the reason I, I signed here. Um, you know, it, it definitely did take me a wee while to get going. Like, there's no denying that. And, you know, we played a few different formations now. But towards the end of the season, I feel like 
I was really getting under my stride, and uh, I had two from four two from four games um, at the end of the season. So, um, that's playing, and you know the the formation we we played in, and more of a box to box role sort of type of thing. Um, so I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't take ten at the minute. I would sort of aim to, to go past that. I remember back in in 05, 06, we mentioned it earlier with your uh, your fiance's brother in law, I think it was Ross, and that season Rudy Scatchell started off ridiculous odds for first goal scorer and any any time goal scorer, and then within a couple of weeks it was just like ridiculous. So hopefully we get decent odds on you at the start of the season and, and you can you can repay that. The second part no. of the of the question, Aaron, is about you joining Hearts. You didn't join Hearts to stay at Hearts for the rest of your career. No one does. No one, unless you're at Barcelona, Real Madrid, or and there's not many others. The pinnacle is is not Hearts. But the only way you're going to get a move from that is if you do well, score double digits, and 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 play well. So I think it's a it's a win win here because if you end up doing get a do getting a move and going on to bigger and better things. The only way you're doing that is with you benefiting and Hearts benefiting as well. That's the way football works, isn't it? You're 100% right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm only here, so, you know, I'm not going to say conscious, consciously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to use the club as a stepping stone or anything like that. It's not like that at all. You know, Hearts is a, a massive, massive football club and, I'm privileged to, to be here and be a part of it. But as you say, and I spoke about it earlier, as a, as a football player, you always have to set yourself goals and you always have to um, make pro- progressions in your career. And, you know, I think um, if, if anyone tells you, tells you otherwise, then they're, they're probably, probably lying. And uh, as, a, as a football player, you know, your goals change at different times. And if, if that, that type of uh, scenario did that ever come up, then you know it it is it is a one one. But that's uh, that's further down the line for me. I'm I'm not really concentrating on that at the moment. My my main focus is is on on next season and trying to, as I say, get three points in the first game. Yet whoever that's against, and then uh, make the the club climb up the, the the table again. And that's collectively and personally, that's where where the, the the focus is at the moment. But, you know, football's a crazy game and anything can happen. So uh further down the line, then, you know, that that we could maybe speak again and, and see where it's at. We we what we were you we were saying, but um as I say, my focus is, is totally on hearts as a hearts player at the moment. And as I say it's a it's great to be part of such a, a massive club. Popped off his right foot. Here he is again, looking for Boyce in the box. It's a good pass. Boyce with a cutback, finds Makinev on the turn shot, deflected into the bottom right corner. And Hearts double their lead. They're on fire in the opening nine minutes here. And this time it's Aaron Makinev with his second in Maroon. Fine low finish. I think it took a nick on its way through. No chance for Ridgers. Hart to Midlothian two. Inverness Cali Thistle nil. I'll go through some um, quick fire questions for you in a minute, in a moment. But just before that, I wanted to ask about um, your international aspirations as well, because I suppose 
having been called into the Ireland squad in November 2020 by Stephen Kenny, I think it was a Bulgaria game in the Nations League, didn't get capped yet though, but that must be a big aim for you, especially now that you've you've stepped up to Hearts to try and get yourself that first cap and hopefully establish yourself as a, a regular in that squad. I think it is a, well, not that I think, I know that that's a, a definite goal of mine. Um, it would be a, a huge honour for me to, to um, get a cap for my country and uh, it's something that I want to want to do in the future. Um, so there's, you know, there's ways of going about doing that and I think the only way really is uh, by playing well for your club and if you're if you're doing the doing the business at, at club level and you know the the international manager sees that then I think you're you're putting yourself on me a good chance and that's that's all I can do is is work hard you know over these next few months now and get myself ready for the start of the season and uh, hopefully that getting that cap will be um, you know next season at some point. Okay, so before we <clears throat> before we let you go, just a, a few quick questions in relation to your teammates. Uh, I know you've obviously had a few months now at Hearts, and hopefully, you've started to get to know a few of them. Even if you can't go out and socialise as much as as you'd like to, um, who is the who's the angriest person in that team? <laughs> who's the angriest person or the biggest <laughs> moaner? Um, Nazi loves a moan in training. Oh god, yeah. Um, and in I, a game, <laughs> and in a game, I, but like, you know, he he loves a moan, but like, you know, it's it's Stephen Naismith as well. He's had a top career, and he, uh, you know, he's only, he's only moaning because he wants to win and wants to do well. But I would probably have to say Nazi. I one thing that I've noticed even more sitting in games now because obviously I'm at the games, but you, you notice now with no, you're not. Eh? Ah, okay. That was that was extremely high pitched. Is it, oh, <laughs> that was you, Alan. That wasn't me. I speak like this. <laughs> One of the only things you hear around the stadiums is Stephen Naismith, and it's some, whether he's shouting at teammates, referee, opposition himself, it just echoes. Aye, around. aye. no, but like that's. Uh, I think you know. Uh, there's probably. I'm not sure who would be a close second or if there is a close second, he's the, the one that springs to mind straight away. I'll do a I'll do a teammate question here. Which of your teammates is Harry Handsome and who needs a little bit of help in the looks department? <laughs> That's a shocking question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who would be? Who's a good looking fellow? Come in the on, team? the the goalkeeper's got to be Harry Hansen, uh, is he not? Uh, that's what I was going to say. Big Craig, he's um a good looking, good looking chap. Um, he's getting better. He's getting better looking with age because he's got like a, a hell of a lot of plukes on his pus when he was a teenager. Man, the big man's like a like a fine wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's who, who's struggling? Uh, that's so harsh, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, you know, you could you'd say a few lads are struggling. Like, but I, I, I'm not gonna. What, I'm about, not gonna what about worse? What about like worse dressed thing? Because it's a bit oh, hard. Don't, to don't, no, 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 come on. What Bobby's? You're basically asking him to say who's I, ugly actually, in that team. To be, to, be, 
to be fair, like, you know, I don't know what's going on with like Bobby's hair. Like. <laughs> do, do, you he, think um, he, do you think he cares though, Aaron, with his Scottish no, Cup medal? See, see, to be honest, like, see, uh, Big Bobby, he is one of the nicest fellows I've ever met in football. Like. He, uh, you know, just big happy go lucky fella. Uh, you know, he, he'd been in training, you know, not really and around the squads and that, and always a smile on his face, you know, good personality around the change room. And uh, I've actually, when things open up, he lives not far from me, so I've actually met him for a coffee as well. But um, I I think he, he still wears a wig in his head because I don't know what's going on up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there is there a joker in that dressing room? Who's the biggest um, joker? Are you even there... able to do that with COVID? I don't know. <laughs> see that, that that's right. the thing. See with the see with the worst like the worst dress. Um, at the moment we have to uh, we because obviously we weren't allowed to use the showers and that for a while. Um, so everybody would would have come in in their training kit and left in their training kit. So you haven't really got to see much of you know people's club early. Um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of the Joker, there's a few lads that's. Josh Janelli's quite loud. He would consider himself as a joker. Um, He'll be back next season, won't he? Uh, well, I think I think so. Um, you know, we should ask I, Robbie Nielsen that one, not Aaron McIntyre. No, I know that, but it, it'll be a hev- heavily incentivized deal. That it's a win-win for for both parties. I mean, he's a free agent now. It makes total sense for. For, for both, you're not going to commit to a three-year deal to a guy that hasn't proved that he can stay fit for for a full season. So if he can stay fit next season and he does join Hearts, then we've got a player on our hands, I think. Nah, he'd done well, hadn't he, Josh, um, mm. before he got injured? We won't, we won't make you make his decision on, on signing for Hearts. Uh, well, <laughs> the decision's already done. Come on. At least, at, at least uh, with the fact no one could have a shower together, I don't have to ask the cringy question that often gets asked. Um, who, 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 would, who would you say is the most underrated player in that team? Someone that maybe McEnough. doesn't get the plaudits. <laughs> But as a player, as a player being out there, who would you think he actually does a power worker? He really helps his team, but maybe doesn't get the plaudits. Um, say, uh, towards the end of the season, um, I thought maybe you know Peter Harm was was doing that side of that side of things. Um, I thought he was very good towards the end of the season. Someone like. Michael Smith is always consistent. I'm trying to think. It's a, it's a good question. Like, I mean, they're 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 good answers. I think. I mean, Peter uh, Haring certainly seemed to be almost back to his best towards the end of of the season. And I guess you know you wouldn't have seen him at his his peak at Hearts, which was um, uh, well before well before all this pandemic hit. And I guess he's he had so much time out with injury that. It was always going to take a while, but no, it's, it's some good answers. And Michael Smith is—he's always seen as Mister Bull, Mister Dependable. I should uh, say, to be honest, at heart, it's very consistent. Um, I know they're—they're two two very decent picks. I think. I do think that um, you know. I think towards the end of the season as well, uh, Ian Henderson had um, kicked on a bit, and I think uh, I think you'll see a lot more from from him next season. Okay. That's a good one. 
Um, do you have anything else you want to ask, Mark? No, I'm just thinking about Ewan Henderson's hairstyle. It's it's kind of business up the back, but party up the front. Um, there's a lot going on there, and the boys are the boys are finisher. Um, Lee McCulloch was on here, Aaron, and he was talking about um, Ewan being one of the best finishers at the football club. Different people mature in, in, in different times. I mean, I mentioned right. earlier you're what 25 now, but you've you've done a hell of a lot for a 25 year old, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. So. I'd be looking for him to to kick on and and take that momentum from the end of of last season into into next season. I wouldn't he wouldn't be my kind of starter on the first day of the season, depending on on who we sign. But he'd, he'd certainly be someone I would bring on, knowing that you're gonna you're gonna get a goal threat when you do bring him on. Right, no, definitely. That's the thing. He's he's a he is a goal threat, and um, he's got uh, he's got real pace that can cause defenders a, a problem and. You know, defenders. The last thing they want to do is is get turned and start running towards their own goal. And I think Hendo gave us that in the games that he played uh, towards the end of the season. So you can see that, and you can see the glimpses and in, in training. You know, he's he's starting to progress, and maybe you know I've only known him a short period of time, but come out of his shell a bit more as he as a young lad in the squad. And I think uh, next season he'll he'll even continue to do so and I think he'll kick on uh, next year I mean there must have been a lot of, a lot of thought going into Hendo as, as Henderson's nickname um, <laughs> have, have, have they given you one so far have, have, they, have they landed you with one uh, I get called a few things I get called <laughs> as I get called Maka um, that's probably the, the main two like, um, that, you, that you're willing to so tell I, us Aye. <laughs> <laughs> before we let you go, just um quickly, so you you, you mentioned um you know you mentioned like you and Henderson kicking on next season. You obviously came to Hearts having not played an awful lot with the way that the season had ended, um timing wise, I mentioned with Ireland. Um obviously maybe take it, it takes you a little bit to settle into a new team. You've been moved around a couple of different positions. Are the Hearts fans still to see the best of, of Aaron McInef and, and what can we expect in the in the new season? Uh, well, I, I think um, I think towards the end of the season, I, I started, you know, getting in the, uh, a good rhythm and, you know, started feeling towards myself. And I, I suppose that's, that's only natural, having not played since the start of December and, and then coming in, you know, with no real pre-season. Uh, I did... I did think it was going to be, you know, a lot easier than what I thought because I'd kept myself generally fit. But there's a big difference in, in being fit and then being match fit. And so after a good number of games, I did feel like I was starting to get there. But I definitely would say that, you know, the the best of me is, is yet to come. And um, after a, a good pre-season this year, I'll, uh, I'll be fully ready and, I'm ready to show that come the start of the season. Look forward to it. Thank you very much for joining us, Aaron, and good luck in the new season. And obviously with the with the little one, I'm sure you'll be kept busy even before the I season will. starts. I will be kept busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks very much, lads. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I really enjoyed that. No worries, and, and make sure you mention to Ross that um, Burley probably still hasn't seen him play, but... <laughs> Well, maybe maybe don't say anything then. It's probably safer. <laughs> no, I definitely. Well, I'll, I'll mention it to a big man and see what he has to say. 
Cheers, Aaron. Thank you. Cheers, lads. I'll see you soon. Thanks, pal. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. So that was Aaron McAniff joining us on Scarves Around the Funnel for a chat. And one thing is evident, Mark, and you mentioned it to him during the show, you know, 25 years of age, but speaks so well. And I think it's great. Someone who's new to Scottish football, new to a team, quite happily says, yep, get me on the show, have a chat. And it was evident before we came on air and during it, you know, such a nice open guy and, you know, some great stuff there. My favourite answer, and the Hibs one was funny, and I'm glad he said joke because the Hearts PR department are going to be, oh no, he didn't really mean it. He was having a laugh. My favourite answer was him not taking and refusing to take 10 goals next season because he thinks he can do better than that. That tells me a lot about this kid and... I think we've got someone on our hands who, if he can kick on and have a good season next year, I think we're really going to enjoy watching. Definitely. I think that's a big thing. You know, he speaks really well, but <laughs> the main thing is when we've seen him, the clips we've seen of him when he was at likes of Shamrock and when we've seen him at his best, I think it's the type of player that will get Hearts fans off their seats when they are back in at Tyne Castle. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to to seeing how he develops. I think he could be a, a really key part of that Hearts team um, and a nice guy to boot. And he's going to probably be um, relieved when training and games start again so he can so he can get a break, maybe. Yeah, from, from a two-and-a-half-week-old daughter. Um, I just hope he gets plenty of sleep the night before games. One of the other things, it was, it was something he mentioned, Laurie, right at the beginning, and it kind of shows you the difference between football nowadays and and football as it used to be. Um, he's oh, I had maybe, what did he say, two or three weeks of, of kind of rest and, and recovery, and now he's, he's back in at the academy, staying in, in Edinburgh, um, not going home just yet because the wee one hasn't had the jabs yet. So he's staying in Edinburgh, and he's still going down to, to Rickerton, to the Orium, um, to, to work out there and to, to keep ticking over. It's not like it was where you used to have six to eight weeks of doing nothing and the first thing you'd do when you reported back was get weighed and get slapped about the chops for being about a stone overweight. That doesn't happen anymore. It is a 24-7 lifestyle that footballers have. Just because there's no season, he's not going to suddenly go down the fish uh, and chip shop and, and get a fish supper. It, it, it's, it is him now. That's the life that he has. It's the life that footballers have. And he's just got no interest in, in six weeks, eight weeks off before pre-season training. It's about keeping his body ticking over so he doesn't have that work to do that others may used to have have um, prior to, to pre-season starting. So football's a changed um, sport over the years. And I'm glad that, that Aaron's really buying into it. And he said, there's no excuses. He, he, he said that. He said, look, I'm ready. I'm, 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 I'm up to speed. Um, I'm settled in Edinburgh and there are no excuses ahead of the, the new season. So there'll be a lot of people that could learn from a lot of what Aaron said there. I thought that was a, an excellent interview. Indeed. Thank you again to Aaron for uh, making the time to come on and speak to us. And uh, if you want to follow Scarves Around the Funnel for updates, you can get us on Twitter at Around the Funnel and you can email us at podcast at Scarves Around the Funnel .co.uk. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I think we're just going to keep doing this, are we, Mark? Well, you're going to you're actually going to do some work for a change and provide guests for us, given that I've done it for nearly three years. Um. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I, d- I dangled my rod and I didn't really get a bite. Um, that was a good guess you came up with this week. So, so congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Go me. Who have we got next week? <laughs> oh, gee. Probably just us. Um, well, we can't we can't use them all so quickly, can we? Um, we've got to save something for the future. Anyway, um, thanks for tuning in and <laughs> we'll see you next week. Never turn on me